Hello, it's Arlo, and you're listening to Poetry Walks, a podcast where we ground down for a few minutes while on afternoon walks, or within the comfort of our own homes. Today's podcast features an essay by Audre Lorde entitled Poetry is Not a Luxury. While this is not a poem, it is by far one of the most influential works I have ever read, and also integral to the canon of poetics. If you're not familiar with Audre Lorde or her works, I invite you to study her fiercely. If you know her and love her, I encourage you to support the Audre Lorde project. So without further ado, poetry is not a luxury. The quality of light by which we scrutinize our lives has direct bearing upon the product which we live and upon the changes which we hope to bring about through those lives. It is within this light that we form those ideas by which we pursue our magic and make it realized. This is poetry as illumination, for it is through poetry that we give name to those ideas which are, until the poem, nameless and formless about to be birthed but already felt. That distillation of experience from which true poetry springs births thought as dreams births concepts, as feeling births idea, as knowledge births precedes understanding. As we learn to bear the intimacy of scrutiny and to flourish within it, as we learn to use the products of that scrutiny for power within our living, those fears which rule our lives and form our silences begin to lose their control over us. For each of us as women, there is a dark place within where hidden and growing our true spirit rises. Beautiful and tough as chestnut stanchions against our nightmare of weakness and of impotence. These places of possibility within ourselves are dark because they are ancient and hidden. They have survived and grown strong through darkness. Within these deep places, each one of us holds an incredible reserve of creativity and power, of unexamined and unrecorded emotion and feeling. The woman's place of power within each of us is neither white nor surface. It is dark. It is ancient and it is deep. When we view living in the European mode only as a problem to be solved, we then rely solely upon our ideas to make us free. For these were what the White Fathers told us were precious. But as we become more in touch with our ancient, black, non-European view of living as a situation to be experienced and interacted with, we learn more and more to cherish our feelings and to respect those hidden sources of our power from where true knowledge and therefore lasting action comes. At this point in time, I believe that women carry within ourselves the possibility for fusion of these two approaches as keystone for survival. And when we come closest to this combination is in our poetry. I speak here of poetry as the revelation or distillation of experience, not the sterile wordplay that, too often, the White Fathers distorted the word poetry to mean. In order to cover their desperate wish for imagination without insight. For women, then, 
Poetry is not a luxury. It is a vital necessity of our existence. It forms the quality of the light within which we predicate our hopes and dreams towards survival and change, first made into language, then into idea, then into more tangible action. Poetry is the way we help give name to the nameless so it can be thought. The farthest external horizons of our hope hopes and fears are cobbled by our poems, carved from the rock experiences of our daily lives. As they become known and accepted to ourselves, our feelings and the honest exploration of them become sanctuaries and fortresses and spawning grounds for the most radical and daring of ideas. The house of difference so necessary to change in the conceptualization of any meaningful action. Right now, I can name at least 10 ideas I would have once found intolerable or incomprehensible and frightening, except as they came after dreams and poems. This is not idle fantasy, but the true meaning of it feels right to me. We can train ourselves to respect our feelings and to discipline, transpose them into a language that matches those feelings so they can be shared. And where that language does not yet exist, it is our poetry which helps to fashion it. Poetry is not only dream or vision, it is the skeleton architecture of our lives. Possibility is neither forever nor instant. It is only not easy to sustain belief in its efficacy. We can sometimes work long and hard to establish one beachhead of real resistance to the deaths where we are expected to live only to have that beachhead assaulted or threatened by canards we have been socialized to fear, or by the withdrawal of those approvals that we have been warned to seek for safety. We see ourselves diminished or softened by the falsely benign accusations of childishness or non-universality or self-centeredness or sensuality. And who asks the question, Am I altering your aura, your ideas, your dreams, or am I merely moving you to temporary and reactive action? Even the latter is no mean task, but one that must be rather seen within the context of true alteration of the texture of our lives. The White Fathers told us, I think, therefore, I am, and the Black Mothers in each of us, the poet whispers in our dreams. I feel, therefore I can be free. Poetry coins the language to express and charter this revolutionary awareness and demand the implementation, the implementation of that freedom. However, experience has taught us that the action in the now is always necessary. Our children cannot dream unless they live. They cannot live unless they are nourished. And who else will feed them the real food without which their dreams will be no different from ours? Sometimes we drug ourselves with the dreams of new ideas. The head will save us. The brain alone will set us free. But there are no new ideas still waiting in the wings to save us as women, as human. There are only old and forgotten ones. New combinations, extrapolations, and recognitions from within ourselves along with the renewed courage to try them out. And we must constantly encourage ourselves and each other to attempt the heretical actions our dreams imply, and some of our old ideas disparage. 
In the forefront of our move toward change, there's only our poetry to hint at possibility made real. Our poems formulate the implications of ourselves, what we feel within and dare make real, or bring action into accordance with, our fears, our hopes, our most cherished terrors. For within structures defined by profit, by linear power, by institutional dehumanization, our feelings were not meant to survive. Kept around as unavoidable adjuncts or pleasant pastimes, feelings were meant to kneel to thought as we were meant to kneel to men. But women have survived as poets, and there are no new pains. We have felt them all already. We have hidden that fact in the same place where we have hidden our power. They lie in our dreams, and it is our dreams that point the way to freedom. They are made realizable through our dreams that give us the strength and courage to see, to feel, to speak, and to dare. If what we need to dream, to move our spirits most deeply and directly toward and through promise is a luxury, then we have given up the core, the fountain of our power, our womanness. We have given up the future of our worlds. For there are no new ideas, there are only new ways of making them felt, of examining what our ideas really mean, be like. On Sunday morning at 7 a.m., after brunch, during wild love, making war, giving birth, while we suffer the old longings, battle the old warnings, and fears of being silent and impotent and alone, while tasting our new possibilities and strengths. Today's podcast was recorded in honor of Audre Lorde's birthday, which was just a few days ago on February 19th. She would have been 88. To read her work, I have a link to a free PDF in the description. To support her mission, you can support the Audre Lorde Project, which will also be in the description. And thank you for listening to this episode of Poetry Walks. I will not be rereading this a second time as it is quite lengthy, but I recommend that you give it a read through. Talk about it with a friend or a neighbor or maybe yourself in the mirror. There will be a full transcript of today's episode on my website, arlotomachek.com, under the sound section. At the time of recording this podcast, I am on forcibly ceded Munsi Lenape territory. For more information about the histories untold underneath our feet, you can visit the links in the description. I'm wishing you peace and connection in the coming days. I will see you next week for another episode of Poetry Walks. If you'd like to submit your poems to Poetry Walks, you can do so by emailing me, arlotomachek at gmail.com.